We've got the Carolina Panthers heading to Chicago to take on the Bears as three and a half point underdogs. The total is set at 39. This is Shit on Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wilde. And before we jump over to DraftKings, it may be a new week in the NFL, but free week continues at Sharp Football Analysis, and viewers can still get seven days. All, uh, seven days of free access. Get all of your betting recommendations, sides, totals, props, detailed game previews and predictions from every NFL matchup in Week 10 and Week 11, plus fantasy football player rankings, DFS best plays, and complete access to all of our exclusive content. All of this for free if you go to sharp.football. That is sharp.football. Go check it out. Can't beat free. So let's jump over to the slate. This is a tough one. It is very difficult when you have a low total and you have two teams that are bad in all phases of the game. You don't have a defense that you can comfortably stack against. You don't have an offense that you can comfortably stack. So it it leaves a lot to the imagination. And, then, and it really comes down to pricing as well. And we are going to see that in just a moment that the slate basically just revolves around um, what value you can get. But then again, there's value on both sides of the ball, so it doesn't get that much easier either. But uh, we'll sort through it. So we have Adam Thielen at 11,800 there at the top, and he's got the highest floor of the slate. I mean, last week was a down game for everybody. Probably um, watching that game, I did play that showdown slate last weekend uh, with the uh, with the Panthers, and it was tough. It had to have been Bryce Young's worst game. Statistically, it was close to his worst, but um, just – by watching, he played poorly, did not get through his progressions as well as uh, advertised as he is supposed to be the Steph Curry of football. So um, I do believe he is going to bounce back. I don't think that he's um, quote unquote bad uh, and he's going to have a good spot here against the Chicago Bears to demonstrate that. So Adam Thielen at 11,800 is pretty viable given that uh, Bryce Young is is relatively cheap there at uh, 9,800 and, uh, the pair can be easily fit because there are so many cheap options on this slate. So Adam Thielen's the biggest priority of the slate by far, because we don't have Justin Fields. I did write the entire article when Justin Fields was looking like he may play. By the time I finished writing the article, Justin Fields was doubtful. <laughs> so Justin Fields looks like he's not going to be playing. I did rewrite that article and that means a lot for DJ Moore through five games with, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, his target share was incredible. I think he had close to set, uh, close to seven targets a game. Uh, and in three of the five games, he had over 100 yards. With Tyson Badgett, has not been the same. Uh, DJ Moore has had about five catches a game, about 50 yards, no touchdowns yet with Badgett. And um, kind of conversely, um, Mooney did – basically nothing with Justin Fields through the first five games and then has actually had a decent role with uh Badgett at the helm. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but DJ Moore was my favorite player of the slate. Now he's not quite a priority there at 10,600 when you have so many options under him that are going to project similarly or better specifically young uh, Badgett um, probably not Foreman, but Hubbard has a very nice role. 
those guys are going to be priorities just given the price disparity. That brings you down to Bryce Young. Talked about him just a little bit. He, he attempted plenty of passes, 39 passes. He threw three interceptions. I think he did throw one touchdown. Um, so he's somebody that we're going to be able to lean back into. And the reason that you're going to be more comfortable leaning into Bryce Young, not just because he's going to pass a little bit more than we're going to see from Badgett and the Bears, but um, his receivers are so cheap outside of Adam Thielen. So if you already want to prioritize Adam Thielen, then that puts you on the Bryce Young bandwagon. And once you get on the Bryce Young bandwagon, then you've got two um, really, really cheap options staring you right in the face. So now you're all in on the char- uh, all in on the Panthers before you even really thought about the slate too much. Uh, Badgett had a nice floor last week. It is the only game that he demonstrated that rushing upside, but he did have uh, eight carries for, I believe, 70 yards. I mean, starting with a floor of seven points uh, when you're only 9,200 and you're probably going to throw for a passing touchdown is pretty incredible. Um, And you can get Badgett in there uh, for, for relatively relatively easy given the two Panthers that we're going to talk about soon. So Badgen's going to be a great option. You're going to have to pair them with somebody relatively cheap that we'll get to in a minute, uh, but great option, even if you're going four deep with the, uh, with the Panthers. And that brings us to Foreman. Might as well talk about Foreman and Herbert at the same time. So Herbert is expected to come back from IR. Uh, Herbert was one of the better backs in the league, actually, uh, to start the year before he got injured. Of course, there wasn't much time but he did come off to a really nice start. Um, I believe someone mentioned that he graded very well for PFF. And uh, so for what that's worth, he did on a per touch basis, look very good to start the season. All that to say that when he comes back, um, he's probably going to eat up a very large portion of Foreman's otherwise very healthy workload. So Foreman has performed admirably in, uh, in his stead with Herbert missing, but uh I don't believe that Foreman has necessarily like solidified himself as the uh, workhorse back. And we have to remember that Herbert is less than half the salary of Foreman. So it's really difficult to go play Foreman uh, over Herbert when not only is Herbert uh, the, t- the player that the team would like to start, he's also a uh, better receiving back. So he has multiple avenues for finding success. That does not mean that Foreman's not viable. In fact, with Justin Fields out, Foreman is super viable with Herbert. Uh, and the savings between Badgett and Foreman is only 600. Uh, but it is actually kind of helpful. You'll see here soon. Juba Hubbard is just the, the the running back one for the team. Kind of crazy that uh, he... Last year it was Foreman and Hubbard, so I forgot to mention it's a Foreman revenge game, but it was Foreman and Hubbard. The team had to decide which back that they wanted to keep, which back they were going to let walk. They kept Hubbard, they let Foreman walk, and then they replaced Hubbard (laughs) with Miles Sanders. So that lasted about halfway through the year, and now Hubbard, uh, through the past three games, has been the... uh, a straight up workhorse playing over almost 70% of the snaps getting like 16 opportunities a game. Uh, And he, his box score has not been phenomenal at all, but his workload is very, very good. One of the, one of the, I mean, you can't ask for more than what Hubbard's getting uh, in terms of workload. And he's only 8,000 because that box score has not looked great, but the opportunities there, Hubbard is a viable captain, especially in cash because he helps fit everybody that you feel like you need to 
need to fit. Um, and then he's also just a uh, strong part of the Carolina offense, also going to catch some passes. So Hubbard's an excellent play at 8,000. Darnell Mooney, we alluded to a little bit earlier, but he has a little bit produced a little bit better with Badgett. And uh, he did have his best game of the season last week. I think he had uh, five catches for something like 80 yards. Uh, so that's fine. That would definitely do uh, bode well for his price tag. It's just that does he repeat that? Um, you're going to ask him to repeat his best slate of the best game of the year um, on a slate where he's 7,400 and the total's 39. It's like, is that really who you want to invest in? It's kind of a t- difficult decision, especially when Cole Komet, 6,600. Cole Komet's going to clear, probably clear 20% target share. He's their their best red zone um, option. So I'm leaning Cole Komet uh, heavily over Darnell Mooney, unless you're stacking the whole Bears offense, which I mentioned at the top of the show. Typically, a, th- a three-point home favorite is typically just where you start building on a showdown slate when it's really close like this, you're just going to look at the team that has the best shot at, at winning. Um, but this it's a, it's a coin flip. Uh, so Colca Med is actually the best option, I would say, especially in four by twos with uh, mostly Panthers. All right, let's skip over all these back. Right, this is where it gets, um, this is where it gets interesting. And this is where we get to those wide receivers that I was alluding to earlier. DJ Chark is doubtful. So with DJ Chark doubtful, you have Jonathan Mingo, who should not have been 2,800 anyways. Jonathan Mingo played 99% of the snaps in the last two weeks. Um, And I forget how many targets he had over the last two games, but way too many to be 2,800. I mean, just a clear misprice. It's not that I'm excited about Mingo, and I think that he um, has like the slate's top score in his range of outcomes, but he, he should not have been 2,800 Um, at worst. He should have been uh, in the 4,000s, definitely like a 4,800 player, Um, probably even higher than that. But either way, full-time starter, that's going to get over four targets um, probably more than that with DJ Chark out. That makes Mingo uh, a high priority. And that's why we land on those, uh, those Panthers heavy builds, even though they're three point underdogs on the road is because you have Mingo at 2,800 and then you have somebody, you have Terrace Marshall, who we'll talk about in a moment. Khalil Herbert, uh, we talked about a bit, 4,200, just way too cheap given because his floor when he comes back is going to be uh, seven, eight, nine carries, probably 50% of the snaps, two targets maybe. That's plenty for 4,200, but his ceiling is just, oh, he's back. And he logged full practices all week. So the chances that he is just back are fantastic. And Chicago could easily find themselves down in this game, which would boost Herbert. We would basically see Herbert getting full drives. So you could play Herbert thinking, okay, I'm just going to get a small floor. He's They're going to ease him back, but is going to be involved and you might find yourself getting a ceiling performance out of him. In fact, I, I recommended in the article, uh, you can actually play Herbert at captain just because when you do put him at captain, you will see um, the kind of lineup that you can get to with him and you won't have to play Mingo and Marshall, um, which is going to be very popular. So that's something you might want to get away from. So uh, it's risky, but I definitely condone uh, playing Herbert at captain and just hoping that he has a, uh, 
he's a hundred percent ready to go to come back in. And of course that means Rashawn Johnson is, is basically not, not worth considering uh, at 3,600 because you're only paying a little bit more for Khalil Herbert and Khalil Herbert has uh, a floor and a ceiling that's conducive to Johnson being um, of minimal impact. Uh, so the last player we're going to talk about is Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall is going to be the third wide receiver and at 400 Terrence Marshall is He's having like three, he's averaging like three receptions a game over his past three or four games. But even before that, he was more involved earlier in the season. If you recall, he was asking for a trade because he is a good player. He was a phenomenal prospect. He felt so, I think, either the late second or early third because of some injury concerns. But you have to remember, he was fantastic for LSU. And um, so he asked for the trade. Uh, once his production dipped, but earlier in the year, he has an eight target game and a 10 target game. So he's definitely has a double digit target game in his range of outcomes at 400. Uh, so that's another player where it's like, he's only 400. You're not expecting a ton of from him, but his floor is going to get you there. I mean, if he's going to get three targets, he only needs to catch maybe two of them for 40 yards and you're thrilled with his production. But he also has that double-digit target upside. So that's how you get to these lineups. Uh, and we'll just build one. We'll build one very quickly. That's how you get to these lineups where you have all of these receivers in here. Um, so let's start with Adam Thielen at captain. He's going to be the most popular captain, but he's also going to appear in the most most lineups at captain. So um, it it's obvious as to why he's going to be rostered so heavily. Of course, if you have Thielen at captain, you're also going to have Bryce Young. But then just go ahead and throw these two guys in there. You're going to throw Mingo at 2,800. You're going to throw Terrace Marshall Jr. in at, at 400. And just look how much salary you have left. Do, do literally whatever you want. And, of course, on this slate, um, probably goes without saying, but leave 3,000 on the table if you want. Um, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You could throw Hubbard in here and then look at the plethora of players you could get to. I mean, you could throw DJ Moore in here for a uh, a five by one if you wanted to, but you could also just go like uh, Badgent and I bet you Herbert. Um, oh, actually, you have way more money than that. You could go Badgent and like Hubbard for a five by one because Badgent could probably be played by himself. Um, Mooney, Komet. Uh, this is perfectly viable. Adam Thielen, Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall, Tyson Badgett, and Cole Komet. And you're leaving 3,500 on the table. Totally fine with that. Like, do not set limits on how much you're going to be able to leave on the table um, because the optimal lineup is probably going to be missing a few thousand on this slate. That's just how it usually goes. But it, then if you don't want to go with those two, like let's leave Terrace Marshall in there and let's go with Hubbard because Hubbard really is a, a workhorse back for this offense. And it makes me a bit uncomfortable to do this, even though I understand that you can, but I, I typically just don't like to play two wide receivers in the flex when I have the wide receiver at captain for the same team. But when you are talking about a player who's only 400 and 2,800, they don't need to have um, these massive performances that are negative, negatively correlated to Adam Thielen to really be optimal. So don't omit like make sure you don't set the rule that you cannot have two wide receivers in the flex because slate to slate is different um, on a slate where you have two viable wide receivers that are so cheap. They can be played with a wide receiver that's captain because they don't really eat into each other's production too terribly much. When you have Jamar chase at captain and you play T Tyler Boyd and T Higgins in the flex, it's a, a totally different story. All right. So you have Adam Thielen at captain Bryce young, Chuba Hubbard, Terrace Marshall, and then plenty of money again to do whatever you want. You could probably go 
let's see, you could go Badgett. Oh, perfect. You can go Badgett and you go Herbert. So probably my favorite lineup. Adam Thielen at captain, Bryce Young, Chuba Hubbard, Terrace Marshall, Tyson Badgett, and Khalil Herbert. And at that point, you're just hoping that Khalil Herbert is involved in the passing game and the uh, and the Bears get, uh, get down. And then I think we can go um, one more where we have similar. It's going to be Foreman and uh, Herbert. Yeah, so Adam Thielen at captain, Bryce Young, Chuba Hubbard, Terrace Marshall, Deonta Foreman, and Khalil Herbert. Again, a situation where you don't have to set the rule that your your running backs from the same team can't be in the same lineup because you're talking about 39-point total. You're talking about a very ugly game. So easily to find uh, Deonta Foreman and Khalil Herbert in the same lineup and go ahead and include Chuba Hubbard too, and you're just getting a ton of ton of volume there like bankable touches in a game where there's not going to be a ton of bankable touches so every player that you play here even though you're leaving 1300 on the table are players that you're comfortable with their workload like you're comfortable Terrace Marshall's getting three targets at 400 which is fantastic Shiba Hubbard has 20 touch upside um, Bryce Young's going to throw it 40 times so when you get to a lineup that you feel really good about on a slate where everything feels disgusting um, just kind of try to build around that swap out. You could swap out Foreman for Badgett, like you saw. You could swap out um, Herbert, um, try to get in like Cole, Cole Komet, and then you'd have to go down from Hubbard, uh, go with some three-by-threes, things like that. So that's going to do it for this slate brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy. Make sure you go to Sharp.Football for your free week of all of our content there. Thank you all so much for coming out, and we will catch you all next week. Peace.